cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids are transported through intact nuclear pores. Wojtek, Zila and Martin Beck from University of Heidelberg, Heidelberg, Germany. Cell Press, 2021. Human immunodeficiency virus, HIV-1, remains a major health threat. Viral capsid and coating and nuclear import of the viral genome are critical for productive infection. The size of the HIV-1 capsid is generally believed to exceed the diameter of the nuclear pore complex NPC, indicating that capsid coating has to occur prior to nuclear import. Here, we combined correlative light in the electron microscopy with subtomogram averaging to capture the structural status of reverse transcription competent HIV-1 complexes in infected T cells. We demonstrated that the diameter of the NPC in cellulose is sufficient for the import of apparently intact cone-shaped capsids. Subsequent to nuclear import, we detected disrupted and empty capsid fragments indicating that uncoating of the replication complex occurs by breaking the capsid open and not by disassembly into individual subunits. Our data directly visualize a key step in HIV-1 replication and enhance our mechanistic understanding of the viral life cycle. Introduction Human immunodeficiency virus type 1, HIV-1, is a lentivirus that infects non-dividing cells. The primary targets of HIV-1 in vivo are immune cells, including CD4 plus T lymphocytes and macrophages. HIV-1 enters the cells by fusion of the viral envelope with the cell membrane, which leads to the release of the viral capsid into the cytosol. The major HIV-1 capsid is a cone-shaped structure of circa 120 by 60 nanometer with fullerene geometry. It's composed of 1.200 to 1.500 copies of the viral capsid CA protein that assemble into a lattice of circa 250 CA hexamers. 5 and 7 CA pentamers incorporated at the narrow and broad end of the cone respectively close the capsid and induce the characteristic curvature. The capsid shell encases two copies of genomic single-stranded RNA associated in a condensed ribonucleoprotein RNP complex with the nucleocapsid NC protein. The replication enzymes reverse transcriptase RT and integrase IN, as well as other components. Following cytosolic entry, the viral replication complex undergoes reverse transcription of the RNA genome into double-stranded DNA and transport into nucleus, where the viral genome integrates into that of the host cell. Reverse transcription and integration are mediated by poorly characterized subviral complexes with unknown morphology termed reverse transcription complexes RTC and pre-integration complexes PIC respectively. The fact that reverse transcription and integration are rare events 
in an infected cell and the transient nature of these processes precluded a detailed biochemical and structural characterization of RTC and PIC so far. Initially, the viral capsid was assumed to rapidly disassemble upon entry into the cytosol, but more recent evidence indicated that incoming capsids remain intact at least through the initial stages of reverse transcription. The capsid structure has been suggested to play a crucial role during early replication, including intracellular trafficking, protection of RTC-PIC against innate immune sensing and import of the genome into the nucleus. The transport of the HIV-1 RTC-PIC towards the nucleus relies on microtubules empty and requires the association of CA with dynine and kinesine-1 motors mediated by empty associated adapter proteins. Perinuclear movements and docking of subviral complexes to the nuclear envelope might be mediated by the actin cytoskeleton, but also the relocation of NUP358-RENBP2 from the nucleopore complex NPC to cytosolic CA mediated by kinesine 1 was observed to precede nuclear import of HIV1-PIC. Nuclear import of the PIC and integration of HIV-1 genomic DNA into the host genome are interconnected processes. They are essential for productive HIV-1 infection, but also for the establishment of the HIV-1 latent reservoir, a cell insert pool of replication competent proviruses persisting in resting CD4 plus T cells and resistance to antiretroviral therapy ART. Active nuclear import of the PIC is facilitated by a nuclear localization signal NLS in the cyclophilin A CIPA binding group of CA that is recognized by the nuclear transport receptor transporting. Several nucleoporins NUP, most notably the FG repeat containing NUP358 and NUP153 were also reported to facilitate nuclear entry of HIV-1. Although NUP358 may mediate docking of the complex to the cytoplasmic phase of the NPC, it remains unclear how HIV-1 complexes cross the central channel. Once viral complexes have reached the nuclear baskets, they can interact with NUP-153 via hydrophobic pockets on CA hexamers to promote the final step of PIC translocation. The nuclear protein cleavage and polyadenation specificity factor 6, CPSF6, was suggested to compete with NUP-153 for the common binding site on CA resulting in the release of the PIC into the nucleus. Importantly, however, the HIV-1 capsid is circa 16 nanometers wide and the broad end of the cone, which considerably exceeds the inner diameter of NPCs as seen in cycloelectron microscopy cryo-EM structures obtained from isolated nuclear envelopes 
which is only circa 14 nanometer. Although this discrepancy in size suggests that the PIC cannot pass the central channel without breaking the CA lattice, recent structure analysis in intact cells indicated that NPCs may occur in a dilated conformation under certain circumstances. However, the NPC structure has never been studied in the relevant cell types under conditions of HIV-1 infection. Thus, the physiological relevance of the less observation of HIV-1 nuclear import remains unknown. At least a partial dissociation of the HIV-1 capsid lattice uncoating is a prerequisite for the release of the PIC prior to genome integration, but the timing, serial location and extent of capsid uncoating are still not clear and might be cell type specific. Several models have been put forward, including gradual uncoating with concomitant reverse transcription during cytosolic trafficking. Reverse transcription with enlarged intact capsids followed by the uncoating at the NPC or several specially separated uncoating steps that are finalized only in the nucleus. Recent data indicated HIV-1 nuclear input precedes the completion of reverse transcription, taking experiments of individual HIV-1 complexes by fluorescent microscopy and living cells supported capsid uncoating within the cytosol at the NPC or inside the nucleus and available amounts of CA have been detected on nuclear HIV-1 PICs in different cells. However, whether the lattice structure remains intact in these complexes or alternatively, CA remains associated with the RTC PIC despite lattice disassembly remains unknown. To address these questions, we employed 3D correlative fluorescence light and electron microscopy CLEM, cryo-electron tomography cryo-ET, and subtomogram averaging to examine the altered structure of early HIV replication complexes during cytosolic transport and nuclear input in an infected human CD4 plus T cell line. Results. An experimental system for the ultrastructure analysis of HIV-1 post-entry complexes. Chemical fixation is commonly used to inactivate infectious particles. However, it negatively affects the structural preservation of the sample. In order to study the ultrastructure of early HIV-1 replication complexes in cryomobilized infected cells, at biosafety level 1, we constructed an HIV-1 expression plasmid PNNHIV for production of the non-infectious RT-competent HIV-1 derivative NNHIV. Two-point mutations were introduced into the IN active site to prevent integration of the proviral genome. Furthermore, the viral accessory protein TAT was truncated in order to block transactivation of HIV-1 transcription. Digital droplet PCR DDPCR, confirmed that NNHIV reverse transcription kinetics in infected SUP-T1R5 cells was similar to that previously reported for wild-type HIV-1. Late RT products 
GAG of NNHIV were detected from 3-hour post-infection onward and peaked at 12-hour post-infection, with a majority of late RT products synthesized between 3 and 6-hour post-infection, while parental virus showed a minor increase up to 48-hour post-infection. This is consistent with our previous fundings and NHIV to LTR long-term repeat cycles, a surrogate for replication complexes transported into the nucleus, were detected from 6-hour post-infection awards. The strong accumulation of two LTR cycles in NHIV-infected cells compared to those infected with the wild-type virus was indicative of the block in NHIV genome integration. No specific DDPCR products were detected upon NNHIV infection in the presence of the nucleus site RT inhibitor efavirenz EFV. We conclude that NNHIV undergoes the reverse transcription and nuclear import with dynamics similar to wild type HIV1. We recently established a fluorescence microscopy approach to discriminate post fusion. HIV-1 complexes in the cytosol from intact virus, either at the plasma membrane or inside of the endosomes. Sub-T1R5 cells were infected with HIV-1 particles carrying fluorescently labeled IN as a marker for the HIV-1 core and stained with the fluorescently target endocytic probe M-Cling to label the plasma, membrane and endosomes. IN positive objects within the cell that lacked the M-Cling membrane marker were defined as cytosolic HIV-1 post-fusion complexes. To utilize this approach for electron microscopy EEM studies, optimal preservation of both fluorescent signals throughout the sample preparation for ultrastructure analysis was obtained by using a combination of M-Cling ETO647N and IN fused to M scarlet. Contra experiments confirmed that incorporation of oxygenously expressed IN M scarlet did not have a major effect on viral infectivity. Similar to war had been observed for IN EGFP under similar conditions. We next established a workflow for the identification of HIV-1 post-entry complexes using fiducial based on selection CLIM, in combination with electron tomography ET. NNHIV particles carrying INM scarlet were adhered to sub-T1R5 cells for 90 minutes at 16 degrees Celsius. The low temperature prevents both HIV-1 member fusion and endocytosis. The plasma membrane was stained with M-Cling ETO647N for an additional 10 minutes at 16 degrees Celsius and samples were then shifted to 37 degrees Celsius to initiate virus entry. To maximize cytosolic entry events, we incubated cells at 37 degrees Celsius for 90 minutes. Infected cells were then subjected to high-pressure freezing HPF, and free substitution. Spinning disc confocal microscopy SDCM of 215 nm thick resin sections revealed bright fluorescence of both probes 
a diplasma membrane and in endosomes. As expected, we detected M-cling negative I and M-scarlet foci in the cell interior, which were indicative of post-fusion complexes. Such foci identified in EM sections of cells were selected as regions of interest, ROE, for correlative ET imaging. Tomograms obtained from regions of interest revealed the presence of dense conical structures within the cytosol, visually distinct of the dense cellular background. Cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids talk to the NPC. To examine an NHIV post-entry and NPC docking vents, sub-T1R5 cells infected and stained as described above were high pressure, frozen at 3-hour post-temperature shift. We acquired tomograms in a total of 45 positions of correlated region of interest from two independent experiments. From this dataset, we identified 26 structures completely covered in the EM sections that resembled intact HIV-1 capsids in the cytosol of adjacent to nuclear pores. Another four structures were truncated at the section edge. Overall, the morphology closely matched that of the major capsids within HIV-1 variants including an accumulation of dense material within the shell indicating the presence of condensed RNP or reverse transcription intermediates. The majority of the structures, 22-26, were cone-shaped, with an average length of circa 112 plus minus 12 nanometer and average width of 53 plus minus 7 nanometer similar to the dimensions determined for major HIV-1 capsids by cryo-ET. Most structures, 25 to 26-80%, were found associated with microtubules, including those in the close proximity of NPCs. Number 7. Average distance to the NPC in a ring, 33 plus minus 7 nanometer. Two of the docking capsids were orientated perpendicular to the NPC with the narrow end pointing towards the central channel. We found that 70% of NPCs with proximate capsids, number 12, within a radius of 150 nm, were also associated with empty, whereas only circa 40% of NPCs without apparent capsids were associated with empty. Number 42. The average distance of capsids to MTs was 19 plus minus 12 nanometer, number 21, which is consistent with the connecting distance of dynein as well as kinesin 1. Together, these data indicate that apparently intact HIV-1 capsids associated to microtubules stuck to the NPC in infected T cells. HIV-1 capsid morphology is altered in the nuclear plasm. In addition to cytosolic structures described under both conditions, we also detected labelled complexes inside of nuclei. A total of 11 individual structures as well as 4 structures in close proximity to each other were identified by ET sections of 8 different cells. The morphology clearly differed from the structures observed in the cytosol.
most of the nuclear structures appeared to be open and the interior was devoid of dense material. With notable exceptions, this may suggest separation of the nucleoprotein complex from the broken capsid shell. This was further discovered by quantitative image analysis comparing the density of the capsid interior to its surroundings. The majority of visualized shells were fragments, all had a tubular shape, but cone-like remains were also observed. Cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids can enter the central channel of the NPC. The data described above revealed the NHIV-1 capsids underwent a structure change on the way from the cytoplasmic NPC docking site to the nucleoplasm, but did not allow to pinpoint the exact stage or site where this change occurred. In order to characterize the ultrastructure of HIV-1 complexes during nuclear import, we performed CLIM and CRY-ET analysis and the conditions then reach for viral complexes at nucleopores. For this, we employed an NHIV derivative carrying a mutation in CAA77V, previously reported to prevent the intercalation with CPSF6. Impairing CA-CPSF6 interaction results in steady state accumulation of PIC at nuclear pores without a major effect on virus infectivity in monocyte-derived macrophages or sub-T1R5 T-cells. Sub-T1R5 cells were incubated with A77V and NHIV particles carrying INM scarlet. After low temperature absorption of M-cling staining, cells were incubated for 15 hours at 37 degrees Celsius to allow for accumulation of viral complexes at NPCs prior to high-pressure freezing. Tomograms of intracellular region of interest from seven different cell sections revealed canonical capsids in the cytosol or associated with nuclear pores. Stringly, several cone-shaped A77V capsids were visualized deep inside the NPC central channel, exposing the neural ends to the nucleoplasm and tree. These capsids contained dense material inside, presumably corresponding to the viral nucleoprotein complex. To investigate viral complexes in the process of nuclear entry and the best possible structure preservation, we used focused ion beam FIB milling to prepare the thin cryolamely of infected cells. Because cryolite microscopy of these lamellae turned out to be very challenging, we chose a brute force approach and acquired 2050 tomograms of nuclear envelopes observed in cryolamely. The resulting reconstructions contained circa 100 NPCs and four structures that resembled the viral complexes observed in the CLIM ET datasets were detected in close proximity of or within an NPC. These structures displayed the typical canonical shape and size inside. They contained highly dense material. The cone-shaped capsid entered into the penetrated 
with its narrow and beyond the central channel of the NPC. The tip of the cone reached to the level of the nuclear ring, a region where NUP-153 resides. In tomographic slides at the level of NPC central channel, the individual spokes of the inner ring were resolved and comfortably accommodated the capsid in between them. To address whether the capsid-like structure in the cytosol and that the NPC contained a hexagonal lattice comparable to that of major HIV-1 cause in intact variants, we used subtomogram averaging as previously described. During iterative averaging of subtomograms coverage into regular hexameric lattice in which six adjacent CA hexamers surround one central CA hexamer in a regular fashion. In comparison to the previous states obtained from isolated variants, lattice information was recovered for less of the capsid surface. This finding might be interpreted as a partial perturbation of the hexagonal lattice. However, the clearly defined capsid edge of the well-preserved overall cone shape visible in the thermograms suggests that rather technical parameters, such as the reduced signal to noise ratio due to spacement thickness of the FIB lamellae and the crowded cellular environment, have resulted in an incomplete lattice recovery during subtomogram averaging. We conclude that cone-shaped HIV capsids containing the genomic material with an either completely or largely intact lattice can enter the central channel of the NPC. HIV-1 capsids are disrupted upon nuclear entry. We next examined subviral complexes that had passed the central channel of the NPC. Previous studies revealed that in the absence of CPSF6 binding, virus infectivity is retained in non-dividing cells. Upon depletion of CPSF6, PIC are targeted to transcriptionally repressed lamina-associated heterochromatin. At the same time, the perturbation of CPSF6 binding to the CA hexamer by either the A77V mutation of CPSF6 depletion resulted in partial co-localization of CA with the basket nucleoporin NUP153, suggesting that viral complexes may reach the nucleoplasm and be retained close to the nuclear basket. Here, we identified A773-HIV-1 complexes in close proximity of NPCs by both plastic embedding, clean ET and cryo-ET analysis. Average distance from closest contour to the NPC in a ring was 26 nanometer plus minus 10 and equal 9, suggesting they are still engaged in interactions with the nuclear pore. The respective structures identified by claim in tomograms of plastic sections appeared morphologically altered, as observed for wild-type complexes inside the nucleus. Most of the visualized structures had lost their cone shape, appeared partially open, and were devoid of dense material presumed to correspond to the viral genome.
The next examines our large-scale cryo-ET dataset for nuclear structures, segmentation and quantification of the tomograms, identified two tube-shaped structures and three fragments that visually resembled the GLEAM data. Four of those had only circa one-third of the surface area compared to the conical capsids. Subtomogram averaging of these four rather small particles identified only few positions with a high cross-correlation with CA hexamer that did not converge into an overall hexagonal lattice. The remaining particle was also tube-shaped but considerably larger and contained some dense material inside. Subtomogram averaging of its tubular core identified lattice elements. However, only 27 CA hexamers on the surface properly converged, much less than what was expected on the cytoplasmic structures, possibly suggesting higher disorder of the lattice architecture. Taken together, these data suggest the capsid at this assembly should not be conceived as immediate dissolution of the lattice into the individual subunits after nuclear entry rather as partial disruption of the capsid and allows for the release of dissociation of the viral genome from capsid remembrance, possibly due to mechanical strain. This finding supports a model in which disruption of the capsid lattice occurs subsequent to translocation through or upon departure from the central channel of the NPC. To confirm our observations independently of the A77V mutations, we infected sub-T1R5 cells with NNHIV under conditions of CPSF6 silencing. For this, we transduced cells with adeno-associated virus AAV factors expressing a combination of three short herpin RNA SHRNAs targeting CPSF6 or a non-silencing short herpin RNA. CPSF6 immunofluorescence intensities quantitated by fluorocytometry revealed efficient downregulation of CPSF6 circa 95%, where cell viability was not impaired. The observed intracellular localization the efficiency of nuclear import and the infectivity of HIV-1 upon CPSF6 knockdown in sub-T1R5 cells were comparable to that of the A775 mutant without knockdown. For CLIM, AAV transduced cells were infected with wild-type CA carrying NNHIV labeled with INM scarlet for 15 hours prior to high-pressure freezing. ET in proximity to the nuclear envelope revealed capsids docking to NPCs, similar to the results obtained for the A77V mutants, cone-shaped capsids penetrating the NPC channel and empty. Capsid-like structures at the nuclear basket were observed. These data reinforce the notion that HIV-1 capsids do not disassemble into individual subunits, but rather are disrupted after passage through the NPC releasing the PIC from a morphologically altered residual 
capsid structure. The NPC diameter is sufficient for nuclear import of intact capsids. The central channel diameter of the human NPC was reported to be circa 40 nanometer, which is sufficiently wide to allow transport of basically any large cellular cargo, but to narrow to allow passage of intact HIV-1 capsids. However, the data described above revealed the larger intact HIV-1 capsids can penetrate into a pass through the NPC central channel. This observation prompted us to revisit the architecture of the human NPC in cellular under conditions relevant to infection. Previous structure analysis were performed using nuclear envelopes purified from human cells in which mechanical tension is relieved due to sample preparation. In order to analyze the architecture of the NPC in HIV-1 infected T cells in situ, we extracted 99 NPCs and 792 asymmetric units from our cryo-electron tomograms and subjected them to subtomogram averaging. The resulting cryo-EM map with a resolution of circa 37 Armstrong captures the native confirmation of actively transporting NPC in HIV-1 infected T-cells. The overall NPC architecture appeared to be organized as previously described. However, in line with other studies conducted in intact human cells, the NPC appeared dilated in comparison to isolated nuclear envelopes and displayed an average diameter of circa 64 nanometer. To address if HIV-1 infection may promote NPC dilation, we collected cryo-electron tomograms of non-infected sub-T1R5 cells and measured the diameter of 39 NPCs. We found that NPC dilated to similar diameters in non-infected T cells. Taken together, our findings indicate that the NPC structure observed under the relevant conditions namely in infected and non-infected T-cells in situ, is representative of the transporting state, whereas the constricted state observed in isolated nuclear envelopes may be more relevant to stress conditions. In conclusion, our data show that the inner diameter of the central channel exceeds the dimensions of the broad end of intact HIV-1 capsids, circa 55 to 60 nanometer by circa 4 to 9 nanometer, rendering the nuclear entry of intact capsids dramatically possible. Discussion Taken together, our data point to the scenario schematically outlined in Figure 7. Following cytosolic entry, intact cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids travel along microtubules toward the nuclear periphery. The subsequent nuclear input of capsids is three-stage. 1. Intact capsids dock to NPCs with the pentamere reach end of the capsid, preferably the narrow end. Here they encounter the FG repeats of CIP domain of NUP358 bound to the cytoplasmic phase of NPCs. 2. Subsequently, intact capsids penetrate deeply into the central channel of the NPC where they exposed 
a very high local concentration of FG NUPs of the NUP62 complex. Although this environment is spatially confined, the diameter of the NPC central channel, as determined in cellulo, is physically compatible with translocation of the intact HIV1 capsid. Up to this stage, the hexagonal lattice and the typical shape of HIV1 capsids are clearly detectable. 3. Upon departure from the NPC central channel, Capsids encounter NUP153 and CPSF6 at the stage which can still be conceived as part of the actual nuclear import process. Disrupted capsids are detected. The cone shape is lost in many particles and smaller capsid fragments are observed. These structures lack the interior dense material, for example the PIC has been released for integration into the host genome. Although the role of microtubule-dependent transport in HIV-1 post-entry transport is well documented, the frequency of microtubules closely associated with intact HIV-1 capsids in direct proximity to NPCs was shrinking. The observed distances of viral capsids to the nearby MTs 19 plus minus 12 nanometer are consistent with the known geometry of danine and carnosine 1 motor complexes and they reported role in HIV-1 transport to the nucleus. This observation may also be related to cytosolic microtubule-associated NUP358 in addition to NPC-associated NUP358 acting as a docking station for the capsid, as discussed above. NUP358 was previously suggested to relocate from NPCs into the cytosol to recruit PIC from nuclear input by recruiting CA with kinesin 1 onto microtubules. During oogenesis, NUP358 condenses into granules that are actively transported along microtubules whereas in somatic cells, its BICG2 binding domain mediates the association with microtubules and fulfills a role in nuclear positioning. It remains to be studied whether these functions are potentially hijacked by the virus in order to utilize microtubules as a platform for the delivery of HIV-1 capsids directly to the indocking position at the NPC. Active filaments were suggested to participate in the perinuclear movements of subviral complexes. We did not observe any structure suggestive of actin, neither bundles for no individual filaments in the close proximity to viral capsids in our cryoelectron tomograms. Because of a size mismatch of reported structures of the NPC central channel and the HIV-1 capsid, it was assumed the HIV-1 capsids need to disassemble prior to nuclear import or alternatively NPCs are remodeled to promote nuclear entry. Here we demonstrate that neither needs to be the case. Because the native NPC conformation in non-infected and infected sub-T1R5 cells allows for the passage of intact capsids. The overall NPC architectures revealed 
in our analysis was not fundamentally altered, but rather dilated as compared to previous analyses of isolated nuclear envelopes. They showed NPCs in a more constricted conformation. Although we cannot formally exclude that some HIV-1 particles undergo uncoating before nuclear import or during NPC translocation, our data argue against it. The vast majority of claim region of interest analyzed in the cytosol comprised capsids containing dense material, whereas empty, tube-shaped or perturbed capsids were mainly detected in the nucleoplasm. Most importantly, the cryo-ET data presented here clearly demonstrate that intact capsids are capable of penetrating the central channel of the NPC. Although a few HIV-1 complexes at the nuclear basket of NPCs or within the nucleus still appeared conical, the majority of the identified nuclear complexes were morphologically altered and lacked interior dense material. The remanent structures detected suggest that capsid lattice are not entirely disassembled upon nuclear entry, but rather disrupted. In our claim experiments, IN fluorescence were observed also for disrupted capsids, emphasizing that at least part of the INM scarlet protein must be associated with or approximate to the broken capsid at this stage. This is in line with our recent observation indicating that viral cDNA separates from the bulk of IN fused to a fluorescent protein after uncoating and the IN fusion protein remains associated with viral capsid remnants. Opening the canical capsid potentially relieves strain imposed by the CA pentamers and may also be triggered by completion of reverse transcription, subsequently releasing the viral genomic cDNA. This interpretation of our observations is consistent with the finding that blockage of the nuclear pore prevents completion of reverse transcription, and the concept that the generation of double-stranded DNA within the capsid may impose mechanical strain from the inside. This concept is in line with the results of a very recent in vitro study of endogenous reverse transcription within purified HIV-1 capsids. These authors observed partially broken HIV-1 capsids with polynucleotide loops emanating from the capsid lattice when cDNA synthesis was largely completed. On a speculative note, our observations may explain the conical shape of HIV-1 capsids. The role of CA pentamers in defining capsid curvature and closure of the shell encasing the viral genome is well established. Beyond that, the pentamers localized towards the ends of the cone might also guide the perpendicular orientation of HIV-1 capsids with respect to NPCs during docking, and it may be hypothesized that preferential binding of the narrow ends to the NPC is mediated by the stronger enrichment of pentamers in this area of the cone. In a recent report, the authors established an in vitro system of self-assembled CAN21C-A22C spheres, which adopted the same pentamer-hexamer and hexamer-hexamer interaction interfaces as found in the highly curved ends of the HIV-1 capsids. 
they showed that CYPA binds to those regions with a high stoichiometry than to the tubular hexamic lattice and hypothesized that CAA pentamers might represent specialized binding sites that are recognized by cyclophilin domains contained in host proteins such as CYPA and NUP358 while binding of CYPA to the capsid hydrella and inhibitory effect on HIV-1 infection and nuclear import. The NUP358CI interaction and the cytoplasmic phase of the NPC and potentially of microtubules is crucial for nuclear import of HIV-1 PIC. Our data are consistent with a model in which the interaction of the neural end of the HIV-1 capsid with the cyclophilin domain of NUP358 facilitates a capsid orientation that is advantageous for the subsequent penetration through a dense meshwork of FG-NUPs located within the central channel. Nucleop import of the PIC was suggested to be promoted by consecutive binding of NUP153 and CPSF6 to the CA lattice. The capsid is exposed to these factors only once. It penetrates deep beyond the central channel and reaches into the nuclear basket region of NPC. Our data strongly suggests the capsid remains intact until this stage. Interestingly, the pentamers feature an open pocket for NUP153 and CPFS6 binding, underscoring the binding to these factors during the late stages of nuclear import may be linked to the disruption of the lattice. Taken together, this study uncovered the structure status of the HIV-1 capsid while it exploits the host cell transport mechanism and protects the viral genome against detection by innate immune sensors of the cell. Our findings shift the paradigm of capsing and coating from a total disassembly of CA proteins from the viral genome before or during translocation through the NPC to partial opening of capsids with release of viral genome occurring upper nuclear entry. This is enabled by a dilated conformation of transporting NPCs that is observed under the relevant conditions in cellulose. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestion, article review you would like to listen to, follow me on Twitter, PubReading, or send me an email info.pub.reading at gmail.com. Let's connect. Music